Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep, and more. There's nothing quite as discombobulating as becoming a parent after being a reasonably successful adult. It's like taking a walk in upsy downtown, where once you're competent at everyday things like feeding yourself and sleeping, feeding someone else and getting them to sleep are the hardest things you've ever done. Where once you met deadlines at the end of the day, now you can barely get out of your PJs before the early afternoon. You feel like you should be able to do these basic things and the fact that you can't can really hurt your confidence. Your inner critic rears its ugly head and all of a sudden you're doing everything wrong. Margie Worrell is the author of You've Got This and a mother of four. She's here to talk to us about gaining confidence as a new parent. Hi, Margie. How are you? Hi. Great to be here. Lovely to have you. Now, these changes that I was speaking about, they can happen really quickly Mm -hmm. and when you're very sleep deprived. Mm -hmm. How can parents feel less lost in a time of such dramatic transition. Mm. I recall it so well with my first child and and that state of sleep deprivation is never great for us, period, because, you know, often the worst things come out when we're lacking sleep. And so I think my number one bit of advice to anyone who is a new parent and is struggling to kind of find north-south is is to really just be really kind on yourself and go a lot easier on us on yourself. And I think it's our attachment, it's our idea of how things should be, of how we should be, of how new parenthood or motherhood should be, that actually causes so much of our stress. It's like I should I shouldn't be like this. I should have it together. I should be more like and we think of people, you know, the magazine covers where they've got their six pack four weeks after the baby's born <laughs> and you know and then they're already back on stage or whatever. And, and and I just say, just let go of what anyone else is doing. Take take away all of those expectations, all those all those shoulds. Get off your own back and just be kind to yourself right now. It's a period of huge transition, and I and it's my experience that sometimes it's those of us who have been the most successful. You know, type A, fit a lot into the day, set the bar really high. We don't trade in excuses. You know, it's all about mindset and, you know, don't lower your bar. That actually kind of control freaks that actually have the hardest time when suddenly you've got this little human being who is turning your your life upside down and you're like, it shouldn't be this way. I'm a really together person. Did I tell you I used to run a team and, you know, make a zillion dollars a year? And and so I should have it more together than that. I was like, you know, it's just totally different. We're operating in a different planet now. And, and just be easier on yourself. Completely different planet. How can we challenge the unconscious bias that can start playing out in our heads that we're not good enough? Ah, yes. And I think we women are masters of that. We really are, and and it's not just new mothers. I'm an old, I'm, I'm an older mother now. I'm a, I'm a more seasoned mother now. Um, my youngest is sixteen now. No, sixteen, eighteen, twenty, and twenty-two. Wow. So they're all older. Yeah, and I had yes, had four children really close in age, but. Uh, I still have moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not organized enough. I'm not thoughtful enough. I'm not considerate enough. I'm not this enough. So I think you don't have to just be a new mum to struggle with that sense of lingering sense of inadequacy. 
I'm not being something, fill in the blank enough. And and I believe the the best way to counter that is, again, practicing self-compassion and just trusting that right now today you have everything it takes to deal with what this, what, not even today, this hour, this minute, this minute asks of me. You know what, right now, what is it I need to focus on most? Right now, in this moment, the only thing I need to focus on is trying to rest while my baby's having a sleep or right now just just being loving to this child that's that's screaming and not 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 doing anything that I'll regret you know like just really lower the bar on what yes. do I need to do right now and right now in this moment I have enough for this moment and tomorrow I can think about tomorrow tomorrow but don't worry about don't start rolling your head into the future um, because I think often what we do when we have young children we become overwhelmed with the enormity of the whole parenting journey that's out ahead of us and we sort of go oh my gosh how am I ever going to cope with the future I'm not even coping now and they're six weeks six months old don't worry about when they're 16 or when they're six or even when they're a year old just you know focus on where you are today and it's my experience as we go through life and you know I had four teenagers for a while there if you'd said to me as a young mom you know one day you're gonna have four teenagers I would have said how on earth am I gonna cope when I have four teenagers Uh, three boys you know lots of hormone girl lots of hormones and it's like you know what you deal with that when you get there and you know what it really wasn't as bad you know and and so we too often we focus into the future so just focus on what is it I need to focus on today this hour this moment I'm gonna muck it up but there is a um, yoga phrase that one of my teachers said it was something like uh, a mantra I should say Um, I think it was something like I have enough I do enough I am enough yeah and it's such a nice little thing to play in your, your your head and as a parent if I say that to myself it just makes me relax. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's at the core of what uh, my new book is about, which is self-trust. And self-trust at the core of it is it trusting that we are adequate for what life requires of us in this moment. That's it. Whatever this moment is going to ask of me, I have, I am enough. I'm inadequate and I can deal with it. And, you know, whatever the future moments hold I just have to trust that I'll cope with those because so much of our anxiety is based on what we think is going to come at us in the future and our our forecast of our ability to deal with that. Well, you don't have to worry about that. Just just now, just really, and being more present, like living in that present space, which is frankly, as a as a parent, at every step of the parenting journey, the greatest gift we can ever give our children is our presence. And too often we're thinking about what's coming and we're thinking about what happened and we're on our phones and we're not present at all because we're distracted with the, posting the photo of us trying to look like a perfect mother, <laughs> you know, versus just right now, just be present. And I can imagine it must be, I, from memory, what I would do is I might be in the morning with my child dreading the night to come because they were sleeping badly mm-hmm. and what you're saying there is like just bring it back mm. enjoy the moment mm-hmm. you might not be as bad as you think mm. well there's a saying that's called live the worry once and so when you're spending the day dreading the night that's going to happen you're wasting present time that you could actually be having a nice time being anxious about what may or may not come that night i mean maybe you will be up through the night but maybe they'll sleep well, but you spent all day being anxious or stressed or whatever about a night that hasn't even happened yet. So you've had to deal with the rough night, but you've also had a rough day before. So you've actually just, you know, you've, you've, made it worse. you've, you've just made it worse. <laughs> yes. 
And uh, you know, I often think it's not it's not our it's not our load we carry; it's the way we carry it. And and so often we we make that load heavier because of all the anxiety and stress we're putting into what we think may or may not come. And we get and what you were just talking about then is what I call fear casting. We come up, you know, we put all that so much attention and energy into potential worst case scenarios that may happen and may not happen. But when you trust yourself that, well, if I'm up tonight and I have to get up, then I have to get up. And but I'll I'm not deal gonna, with it. And I'll, and I'll deal with it tonight at two in the morning when I have to get up. Mm, but maybe so, I won't. Wish I had heard that when, <laughs> when I was doing that. Um, you talk about embracing your vulnerability and trusting your intuition. Mm-hmm. And, and I should mention you've got this the life-changing power of trusting yourself. Is As you mentioned, this is a book for... Not, it's not necessarily a book for new mums or new dads, but I looked at the tenets that you're teaching this book and I thought, oh, it's so perfect for new parents. Um, and one of those things that you talk about in this book is vulnerability and trusting your intuition. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for parents at this stage of life mm. when their children are very small and they might be feeling really raw? Yeah. And also like they have no intuition because they haven't done this before. Look, and I get that intuition is something that we we develop over time. I, I recall when my first child was born, Lachlan, there was a mum I knew who lived nearby and she had three young children really close in age. And I trusted everything. I treated everything she said as the gospel truth. Like she knows she'd been a mother for three years longer than me, actually two and a half years. She had three, two, three children, two and a half years. And I, everything she said, I treated like that must be it. And her parenting philosophy, her parenting approach, how she demand fed everything. She had three little girls. I, I just assumed well, she must know. But what was right for her was actually not right for me. And it took me a while to realise, Lachlan was nine months old, that her way of of raising her little girls and what was felt right for her and congruent for her was just not working for me. I was I had a hungrier child, he didn't sleep so well, and her approach was just proving disastrous. And then I was pregnant with my second child, they were fifteen months apart. I was like, I'm not gonna cope with a new baby when I'm still up feeding this one three times, four times a night sometimes. And if there's anything I learned from that experience, it was listen to other people's advice and, yes, consult the experts. But at the end of the day, just go with your own best judgment and don't hand over authority to the authorities, the experts, because what's right for them and what worked for them may or may not work for you and your situation and your child and your family setup and uh, and and your personality and and too often I think we just sort of map over someone else's roadmap of how to parent and we go all right I'm going to I'm going to apply all of their principles and their 10 steps and their approach and everything and it, and it may not work for us and I get that you know our intuition is just so fledgling and that in those early days but I would just encourage any new parents to just trust yourself a little more just sit with what feels right here not it's not what my mother told me or what someone else is telling me I take their advice into account you know if you're going against what everyone's telling you you know maybe you need to really go all right there's a reason they're saying it but but also just really tune into yourself what feels right for me and for this child and I've had people who have children had 
they've they've felt something wasn't right with their child. Everyone said, no, 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 they're fine. But they've just said, I just sensed it. And it took them a while to really trust, no, I just sense something isn't right. Or other people, I remember when my fourth child was born, so I had a pretty highly tuned intuitive sense by then. And I was actually living in the USA. My fourth child was born in America. And after he was born, they took him away and said, oh, we think he's got a temperature. We need to do all this testing. And I didn't get him for many hours. And... um I just knew he was fine. I wasn't anxious. And they wanted me to bring him in for all this extra testing. And I just thought, I think you're all just covering themselves because because they're worried about liability. But I just knew he was fine. And if he was my first child, I think I would have been stressed out of my brain. But I was like, I can just tell he's fine. And he was fine. He is fine. Yeah. And so I do, I do appreciate that that we, we build that up over time. But I think it too often we give all of our authority, we give the authority away on the best way to parent our children to other people. And just because someone else has raised six kids or they've been, you know, doesn't mean that actually their philosophy and their approach and their way of doing things is right for you. How can we deal with the stress of a crying baby mm-hmm. and the uncertainty of many nights of no sleep, you know, just not just the not knowing when you'll next get a good night's sleep because we yeah. all have stress in our lives, don't we, regardless of whether we have children or not. But there's a certain level of emotional angst that comes with your own crying baby. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that and I got better at dealing, dealing with that as well. And now when I see new mums and babies are crying, my, I just have such empathy because I remember it, particularly the baby that's inconsolable. And I remember one time I was flying from Adelaide to Melbourne and my daughter just shrieked, screamed the entire flight. And she just, I was trying to put her on my breast. I just, I couldn't, she just wouldn't stop screaming. And it was before the plane even took off. So it wasn't the altitude because it happened, it started as we got on the plane. One, I was a little bit embarrassed, but I was distressed. And, and I, so I just have such empathy for other parents who are going through that. And of course, you don't have to be on a plane. So... In those moments, actually, and there's some great research that shows self-compassion, just to yourself in that moment going, this is a hard parenting moment. This is why people talk about how hard it is, you know, because it is hard. We have those moments. And I know some babies cry more and have issues, whether it's, you know, reflux or whatever, that are harder than others. And you can look around and go, these other parents aren't going through it like I'm going through it. Well, maybe not with this one, but hey, maybe their next one. You know, you don't know what they're going to be dealing with in the years ahead. Everyone's struggling in their own way. So I think just being really kind to ourselves in those moments when the baby, when a baby's crying, it is hard. Um, you do your best. You know, you're trying to console them. You just, you do the best you can. Just recognising also, I ended up going off to sleep school and doing controlled crying with my first when he was nine months old and I had to let him cry, which was torturous. That would be awful. It was terrible, but it was the best. It was six days from being up three or four times a night to him sleeping through. It was the worst six days, but it was the best outcome because he then slept from 10 to 6 and every night after it but I remember having to listen to him crying and thinking that like he's going to die he's going to be in therapy his whole life I've got to go in there and and then you know the nurse at the sleep school tweedle in Melbourne was like no he's fine go in pat him walk out and I just remember you feel like they're going to die but actually they're your baby is going to be fine I mean no baby 
that's actually got a parent that loves them ever grows up going, oh, I just remember crying all the time when I was three months old. Like, they don't remember any of it. They're going to be just fine. But you will remember. But you you will remember it. So how can you get through? (laughs) But something else, the second part of your question was around anxiety about sleep. Now, how do I know when I I don't know when I'm going to get a decent night's sleep? And I appreciate some people have more support than others. And so my response to this is, is mindful that some people go, I don't have anyone to help me out. And that's tough. And so my heart goes out to people who have no support. But for anyone, whether it's your partner, whether it's a parent, whether it's a neighbor, if you can find someone and say, can you feed this baby through the night? Or can you go and take it just in the afternoon? I just need to lay down and know I'm going to get six hours or four hours. Um, and I remember not getting more than four hours sleep for quite a long time. And and I actually kind of look back now and I, I wished I'd lent more heavily on my, my husband. I was like, well, he has to get up for work in the morning. I'll let him sleep so that I'll get up and down all night. And then I look back now and think, you know what? He Frankly, I should have called on him yes. and I didn't. Yes. If anything, I think he got off a little bit lightly. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, but uh, I was like, well, my brain doesn't have to work tomorrow and his brain does. So, But I would say lean on the people around you, whoever you have around you, and just say, I just need to get some sleep. And you know what? Anyone who's cares in any way or has been through this will go, please, I, I would love to help you out. And, and it's only an afternoon. If, even an afternoon will make so much difference oh, if you know it's coming. Yeah. And there's there's such a difference between being able to get four or six hours in a row versus, versus I mean, being in bed for 12 hours a night, but you never got more than, a mi- you know, yes. 90 minutes, you know. Yes. So, um, Look, finally, everyone is a critic when it comes to parenting and there's so much information around about how to do it right. Mm-hmm. So many judgments. How do new parents find their own groove and feel confident in that groove? Yeah. You know what? I think there's no perfect recipe for this. I would say do what, as much as you can lean into that intuitive sense of what feels most right to you, but give yourself permission to change your mind. Because we can start out in the parenting journey, I mean, even before we get pregnant, with these idealized images of how parenting will be, how we will be pregnant and what I'm going to do pregnant, and then when the baby's born. And, how, and, and, and I actually see so many women creating such a heavy rod for their back because of these idealized images of who they will be as a mother, even when they're pregnant and how they'll look and da 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 da, da and on it goes. And I just think, yes. You've got your ideas of how you think it should be, and then there's going to be the reality of how it is. Give yourself permission to change your mind and tweak and iterate as you go along. How I started parenting my first child was very different than how I parented my fourth. How I went about pregnancy, I remember I'm going to be super healthy, and then all I wanted to do was eat fatty foods, just pure fat. That was me the first three months. Pure fat and salt and grease. Chico rolls, um, Victorians. Chico rolls, meat pies, Big Macs, you know, just... Toasted cheese sandwiches with extra butter. And um, and I like this whole idea of salads just were grossed me out. And I just like, you know what? And actually just go easy. If that's what my body wanted, just just, just eat that. And, mm, um, and I true. think, so I just think for most parents who are struggling with that, I think we create so much of the stress for ourselves because of how we think it's supposed to look like. And what we're, frankly, for women, what we're supposed to look like, you know, and I just, just embrace the whole wondrous mess of the journey for all that it is and all that it isn't. And think about at the end of the day, what does your child, what serves your child? Your child is most served 
by having a happy mother. But if it's not a happy mother, at least it's a mother who's not beating up on herself all the time. And you're going to have days where you're just holding it together and you want to cry all day and you, you know, you want to throw your baby out or you're something out, you know, you, you just, you know, you're just at wit's end. And I think for me, having a sense of humor with my kids, you know, there's so many times you mess up and you do things wrong, laughing at myself, my kids being able to say, my mum knows how to laugh at herself. And I've dropped so many balls as a parent and juggling four kids and 25 sports and drop-offs and pickups and and you know and I think the kids like mum was able to laugh at herself I tried but when I messed up it's like okay guys you know you can pick up the balls I've dropped and figure it out and I think that you don't have to be a perfect parent to be a good one yeah but how what, what's going to allow you to show up as a loving person love yourself first and then you can love your kids better and I think the more we can um get off our own backs and just show up as being a really loving person, not a stressed out control freak that's trying to look good and have it all be perfect. That's what serves our kids in the big game of life. Margie, thank you so much for coming in. Absolute pleasure. That's Margie Worrell. She's the author of You've Got This. And we were just talking about becoming a new parent. But as I mentioned, the book goes into so many more things about trusting yourself, finding confidence. You might find this is the book you want to pick up right before you go back to work. I know that was a time of feeling unsure of myself. So if you'd like to find where you can get a copy of the book, just check out the notes in this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, Email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.